Morning, we're going to go back to Malachim Bey's Perik Yudches, Basigud Gimel. For those of you who are following the Navishir and Munsi and the Basaic, they commented how interesting it is that the Shearways comes out different. It's the same Navi, but there are different comments and questions that we get, which is why. Good to have a double track, and sometimes almost 50% of the information is in one or the other. Debrei Terah, the Gemara says, "Ani is and Hashirim b'Makam Acher." I use that disclaimer if I mention something now. We happen to be holding parallel for the first time in about 15 years, so uh, something I did not mention there. So it'll be Michael, but the famous Gemara, much has been written on this. Why, when Rabbi Yechemet Zakai was dying, he said many fascinating things, and he mentioned that we have to set up a chair for Chizkiyo HaMelech. The question is why? So I'll let you think about that as we go back to the Pesukim. We don't know enough about Chizkiyo HaMelech yet, and... There's a lot coming. We do know, for our Trasha yesterday, that this was at a very, very depressed time in Klayasol, depressed in terms of Yish. Achaz, his father, felt that it doesn't pay. He went off, I'm not condoning or justifying, which is giving you the snapshot of the mood. He felt that with Asher taking over the Aserah and with the, what they felt would be the ultimate fall of Yushalayim, would be the Islam, the ultimate fall of Klai Yisrael. And if they're not getting up again, they're going into exile, as all the other Umas Ha'ilam did, then what difference does it make? Achaz had that in the back of his mind. Menashe, which will be even more complicated in trying to decipher what he had in mind, because he, on top of everything else, sort of did tshuva at some level. For many years, the end of his reign, could not undo the damage he did. His son will be a Rosh, his grandson will be Yoshio Amelech. And there's Machlekes Tanaim, where the Menashe even gets into Elam Haba. Now, normally, in this farm, we read about tshuva, certainly around the old time. Somebody does tshuva for the second half of his reign, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Menashe will have a very long reign. So talking about doing Averis and Chaytia Machtias Arabim for decades, but doing Tshuva for decades. How can it be it's not accepted? So we're going to get back at, to this at length, but a short version of what I need now for Chizkiyo, his father, is that the tshuva he did might have been practical. He's going to be captured by the enemy, call out to all his avodazars, get no answer, not surprisingly. And then he's going to say, well, I remember in Cheder, his father, Chizkiyo Mela, gave him not a good education. He gave him the best there was, as befits a prince, but in the background here, we're going to have, which we also didn't get to yet, Chizkiyo is almost going to die in the middle of this siege, and 
Reason being, he doesn't want to get married because he feels that his son's going to be a Russia. So even though he ultimately will get married, will take the daughter of the Gadla Yeshua Anavi and the Swiss of the Navi, the Swiss of the Mela, the Swiss of Mark the David, they figured, okay, this is going to work. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, we're going to need a few weeks just for that, but uh, we're not, not coming up the next couple of weeks, but yeah, he saw Baruch HaKadosh, and the question was, was he right, was he wrong? Ultimately, he was right, uh, but he sort of did tshuva, so and he wasn't right because of the Ishtadlis he did in putting the Kaychas and the Schusim into his education and his upbringing. So it did something. He did tshuva. Achaz didn't. But, yes, he had a good education. Really solid, like tutors on the side, you know, Rabban, Night Seder, uh, the works. So he knew how to learn. He did tshuva. And there's still a machlekes, despite all that. There's still a machlekes where they get Salam Hava. Say whether he lost his own hava. So I'm just uh, Malachim Beis. People think nobody really gets there, so it must be not that difficult. Malachim Beis is from the most complex in terms of the hashkafa and the backdrop and what exactly was going on, and the individuals are talking about it. You have to do it with trepidation because, as I always mention, Avashi just referred to him as Menashe instead of Menashe Hamelach, our Rebbe, and uh, he reports in the Gemara that he got in trouble. So whatever we say is always with that disclaimer. It's like saying, Harani Mukhlam is zooming that every time I say Shema, Shema Shem Lahavdul, I have Kavana. So we have the Kavanas to treat the Malachim we're dealing with with the utmost respect, even though the Gemara, on the other hand, calls them Rishayim and Ramadan says he doesn't have Elam Haba. So whatever Kavanas are supposed to have, but the comments are more important than the Kavanas per Slavchad. I, I got a few, few emails about Slavchad from last week. So we're going to get back to him uh, also, not, uh, not right now. Certainly met L'Shem Shemayim. The question is, was it uh, correct or incorrect? Right now we're on Chizkiah, just Chizkiah himself, who is at a point where he's trying to save Klai Yisrael, is almost not even thinking about his own personal destiny because he feels that that can't possibly go right, and therefore, why try? And I don't think that's coincidental. The fact that he's going to be struggling with what his yish or lack thereof is going to be at the same time <coughs> saving Klai Yisrael, the message here is don't have yish. So I, to my mind, that's not a coincidence. And I believe his success in saving Klai Yisrael here will be the success he has in Siat Shmaya that he has a very close brush with death and decides to do what he didn't want to do despite his premonitions and that getting married to have children doesn't make much sense over here if the child's going to be a Rosh Rusha, and the Navi Adar will tell him B'Shem HaShem so he has the schus this is my conjecture he has a schus to make a comeback so to speak Medrash is going to comment he's the first person ever to have a sickness to this to this degree the other people got sick and got well again but he didn't stop getting well he comes back completely healthy for another 15 years, the 15 years he's going to get are longer than the 14 years of rain that he has before he gets sick. So not stomach recovery. And I believe the schus comes from the fact that he's machazic others, like everybody around him, like the whole Shevet Yudu and the rest of Klai Yisrael. And then 
almost in the middle of everything, as he's almost about to get over the hump, because Baruch Hu visits his own personal avodah. So that's not a coincidence. And uh, again, I'm trying to always give you the uh, micro and macro look at what's going on over here. Uh, Cheskio is playing a pivotal role as the Melech Yisrael, and is shown in a personal way that the Yish is the Yish message or anti-Yish message is clear to Klai Yisrael will become clear is successful and it will Baruch Hashem rebound and help him in a personal way. Which, whenever you're helping other people, you get the Siat Tishmaya that it comes to help you in the very area in the very arena that you're building schusim and helping others. And that's Midi Kenegemida. We would expect it, but it's going to come out here in a very, very strong way. So keep that in mind as we continue. Again, Pasigid Gimel, Ba'abas, Re'i Shana, Lamelech Hizkiah, Allah Sancher, Melech Asher, Al-Kol, Ari Yehuda, B'Tzeris, V'yit, V'Sem. Asher is cleaning up, cleaning out, destroying whichever word you want to use. The entire world has doing this, is doing this to Yosef Shashvatim, is doing this, and he's now advancing on Yerushalayim. The reason he's doing this not because he needs an excuse. I'm not trying to be Melamed Schuss on him. He doesn't deserve it. But Chizkiyo stopped paying taxes. He didn't forget to file. He didn't file for an extension. He stopped paying. The reason he did that is because he wanted to rebel. As we mentioned, the Asar Sashvatim felt the same way for, looked on paper, the same exact operation, completely different reason. Hosea felt that we're proud, we're proud Jews even, I'll give him that, and we're not going to be a vassal state, we're not a banana republic, and we're going to show Melech Hashur the door. Well, great plan, the only problem is that you have to have immense schusim and tshuva going on to be able to even have a habamina pulling that off. And they didn't have that, and he didn't pull it off. And their sessions for them are now going into Gullus, and the whole kingdom falls. Chizkiyo now stops paying taxes. That's a message like sending a sticky note. I'm rebelling and I don't like you anymore. And Come challenge me if you want. And Chizkiyo, also a very brave move and on paper, also doesn't make any sense. Similar to Mardukhaya Tzadik, as we began tying in yesterday. Not bowing down to Haman is a real statement. And I don't think he expected that to go unnoticed. We read the stories, oh, oh well. Haman happened to notice, and the rest was, as we say, history. Mordechai knew full well what he was taking on. He was Melchatzer HaMelech, and that's not going to go unnoticed. And it was a calculated <laughs> move, which everybody had tainas on. We'll continue with that next Shabbos is Russia. But it was a calculated move because he realized it's not him bowing down or not. It's the position and posture of Klai Yisrael. And if the Avoida is not up to par, it's not going to go well because then they're under muzzle because they're not performing. And if they stop performing, they're under the direct Hashkacha protest of Akash Baruch Hu, in which case they'll be saved. You've got to get there anyway. So we've got to do what's right now, and we've got to get there. So Chizkiyo did the same thing. Stopped paying taxes, initiated the Asmada program, starts bringing the carbon Pesach, invites everybody, and starts raising the bar. And as painful as all this was, it's going to work, but it's going to be if I can use the expression, as a photo finish like you've never seen. We love photo finishes when we're looking at the photo afterwards. Look at that. Isn't that great? Look at that. Wow. That's a, when you're living it, it's not exactly easy on the nerves. 
But if you're old enough in life, you'll start looking back at all the photos and you realize almost everything's a photo finish. And uh, you wonder why. Hash Baruch Hu can't do this uh, 20 minutes earlier, 20 days earlier. My famous uh, Raya, it's not mine, but I always like pointing it out. With Yaakov and Esav, when Yaakov went in for the brachas, and Hashem sends the Malach to undo the nets and stop him and impede him. Esav uh, hunting for him was like uh, nine minutes is long. And it's nine minutes, and another nine minutes, and another 20 minutes, and he's delayed and delayed and delayed. And then Rashi tells us he finally got back after butchering a dog or something nice like that. He didn't care. Shiloh, why he had Nemonis in the first place. Yitzchavino, had he come to eat, that would have had Siat Don't worry about it. But it's not going to get there. Yaakovino now is getting the brochas, and it's like a nice, slow brocha, as we would expect. Mital HaShamayim, Mishmana Eretz, and it's going and going and going. Yaakovino is there, knows Esav, walks in. He's going to shoot first, and then ask questions. And Rashi tells us, not only was it close, Yaakovino was in the room, and there were double doors and shadows, and Esav walked in, and Yaakov's hiding behind the door, and then he slips out. Why? Another three minutes would have been much calmer. We're going to see the same thing about Chizkiyo HaMelech. It doesn't work that way often. Bidafka to show us the Yeshua Hashem. You can't recognize the Yeshua Hashem Kehervayin if it's not Kehervayin. If everything went peacefully, then yeah, sure, all the days work. We knew that. So that this is going to be very pronounced in Chizkiyo's personal life and in the national leadership, which he is going to display in a very... Uh, very strong and uh, courageous way, but we shouldn't think sitting here in this climate control room, relaxing, reading this, that this was easy. Just we have to have to internalize this for our own personal life. We kind of wonder, like, uh, I was I was amazing. My maiden tomorrow is just good. Just ah, you know, without palpitations, maybe it would have been nice. Also, no, wouldn't have. If it was meant to be that way, Hashem could have done it twenty minutes earlier. Yakovino saw this and. Three minutes, two minutes, 20 seconds. He didn't, he didn't make it out of the room before Esav came in. It's, it's, to my mind, one of the most important Rashis and Kumish, and they're all important. Yes? Yes, Ain Samachan So what he did here was he triggered something that is going to be an ace, not Stam one of the biggest Nisim all times. And normally you can't do that. Over here, Chizkiyo understood Depends on your madrega in Bitochen. And to the credit of Klai Yisrael, they, they met the challenge. In the Medrash, which will remind me, go back to one of these weeks as well, Medrash lists four kings who were tzaddikim, or Malchus Beis David, who had different levels of Ashtadlis. And the Medrash surprisingly starts off with David, who fought actual battles, many of them, and goes to Asa and Yashofot, and Chizkia. And each one goes down in terms of the Ashtadlis. Chizkia says, I can't. Run, I can't fight, I'm going to sleep. So, on the one hand, everybody asked the Medrash, well, it wasn't as great as David, I'm a little the Medrash is going down. Yet it looks like it's going up over here. And if you recall, we once said that some offer the following explanation in terms of the Ishtadlis, the Chizkiyo felt that if he does any Ishtadlis, it's going to be Kaychaves Miyadi, it might go to his head. So he was afraid to do Ishtadlis over here. And the situation was so hopeless that any Ishtadlis is almost counterproductive in terms of watching the Yad Hashem. So I'm adding to the shot we said before. Chizkiel felt it was a chesar in him 
therefore he's going to go to sleep. Because if he does anything, Davar Malchus on the Madrega, he could fight and do all the things you have to do normally and still not think for a second it was him. Because Davar Malach grew up understanding Yeshua Hashem Karefai and understand it wasn't him. And then the Madrigas went down. Chizkiah said, I'm afraid to even go to battle. That's one shot in the Medrash. I'd like to add, it's not a steer to that shot, is the fact that this particular situation from David and Asan Yashafat and Chizkiah Amalach, this particular situation was so hopeless that doing anything was almost uh, grabbing straws. And therefore, he couldn't do, really do anything. Now, you'll say, why did he start in and stop paying taxes? So the answer is he understood that Klai Yisrael will ultimately go into Golis if they keep Asher <coughs> on the agenda because he never left anybody alone yet. So even though, yeah, now he's saying, uh, I only went to Asas Shvatim they stopped paying taxes. That was just an excuse. He's coming anyway, sooner or later. That's number one. Number two, he felt that Hiruchnius, if they come and they don't actually throw them out, which again, Malachasher never, never did, was never nice enough to do, it will certainly affect the culture will be brought, and it will affect the Ruchnias. The Greeks didn't throw us out, but it affected the Ruchnias. He wasn't interested. What will happen, the Pesukim that follow, is that Asher comes pretty quickly, and Chizkiyo is not even ready to have ten soldiers stand there. He's got to, like, he went to sleep the night of, but he's got to have something. He doesn't even have, they're so ill-prepared he doesn't think that they're prepared yet enough in the generation of Schusim, of the Asmada, and the Karben Pesach, in the middle of doing all that, and he needs some more time. And he needs some more time just to be able to stand up and figure out what he's going to do and how he's going to face this. Ultimately, he ends up going to sleep tonight of because it was still hopeless. But he's trying to trigger it because he feels Asher cannot remain in the country, certainly not at his door. And Hosea, again, is very surprising. It looks on paper, they did the same thing, and Hosea gets destroyed. And you just say, where's the justice? The answer is, winning the battle has nothing to do with your army. And by the way, the Assassin had a much larger army than Yehuda. It was still no match, so they lost pretty quickly. So this is, you read about the frightening news from uh, just yesterday. I don't know the details because somebody just told me that there was a uh, skirmish and they went in and they actually lost the plane, which is frightening. The downside of reading the news in detail, a headline is enough, suddenly if it's bad news. Downside is you start with the details, you get too much into, yes, it's all about F-16s and technology and how much we have and how much they have and intelligence and that's very misleading. Again, on Arma Drago, to answer your question, we have to do a shtatlis. Yes, we need the F-16s, so we got it. But it's very misleading because then you get into that and you're always worried, are we keeping our edge and what's the aid package? And there are people who have to do that in their shtatlis, so we got to do their shtatlis politically. That's fine and built up the arsenal. But at the end of the day, the numbers still, unfortunately, are so skewed. As I mentioned yesterday, the 1 in 70 uh, wolves that whatever you have against hundreds of millions of people who don't want to see us here, the Heshtadlis is still Heshtadlis because, like you go to work, it's part of the Zeya uh, Sapecha, so it's part of the Gezeira of the Golis. But the outcome of any of these things has very little to do with that. And that's, uh, the more you read about the news, the more you forget that. 
because it's all about uh, technology and it's all about the edge and it's all about who strikes first and it's all about what we're doing about it and how much we know and when statements politically, which again, maybe we have to make, that's going to scare them off and don't mess with us. And, okay, that, all that perhaps has to be done, but we shouldn't fool ourselves to thinking what's really fighting the battles, which is again why Chizkiel is so important and what he leaves us with in terms of the Asmada and the Vatacha and the Amuna and the Tshuva. Uh, you could be reading the Lachem Beis and like living it now and nothing much changed in a long time because they're still not there yet. So again, Yudalad, So now he sees that he's coming a little bit more quickly than he thought. So he sends a message. Basic Ashtadlis. What message do you send? Do you stop paying taxes? And then instead of sending the IRS, he brings an army of 185,000 men? So what's the first thing you say? So don't get into your uh, Jewish pride mode because you're going to be very upset at the answer. And Chizkiel was right. First thing he does is he apologizes. What's that going to do? Well, with a token of easy pass, it will get him on the train. He's trying to buy time. He wants more time for learning of the best medrash, more time for more carbonus, more time for tshuva, and to get a couple of soldiers to stand there. And he sends a message. Chatasi, I apologize. Was it April 15th already? Didn't realize. He is saying this because you have to say it. Does he mean it? No, but that's fine. There's not no uh, Emerson Shekhar because he knows that Asher knows that he knows that Asher knows that Asher's not going to keep their word and he's not going to be good from here on in. But he has to say something because in the political arena over here, he has to buy some time. Chatasi, shuv me'alai, please go home. Don't lay siege. Esa shetitin alai esa, whatever you levy, whatever taxes, v'yasa melech asha chizkiyah melech yudah shloshim yazkikah kesah shloshim kikazav. And he levies something which is out of the stratosphere in terms of what they can afford because they have no money. But Chizkiyah said, just whatever you want in back taxes, kenosis, new taxes, whatever you want, I'll pay. So Asher wasn't born yesterday. He gave him a number that was ridiculously high, but a number that wasn't so high that he wouldn't even start paying. What does he do? He empties out the treasury in the Beis HaMelech and the Beis HaShem. He has no choice. He's not criticized for that. This next pasuk, he is criticized. We saw the mission already. He starts peeling off the gold overlay in the door, which he himself put. That, as I explained last week, I think, this again, conjecture on my part, the mission doesn't explain, that Lacham didn't agree, even though they agreed and they allowed him to empty the, basically make this treasury, and his own treasury. Why is he paying this? Asher is not going to keep their word, and he's not going to, and he's going to still advance on Yushalayim. Why? Because he didn't keep his word. That's expected. They felt, I believe, that peeling off the golden overlay on the doors <coughs> and the kalim of the Besamitish is going to be a public humiliation. It's going to cause tremendous shvachkeit to the morale. And that much established he didn't have to do. That already, you take, uh, you send uh, a wire, you send some gold and silver, people know, they don't know, nobody exactly knows what's going on in the treasury anyway. You print some more money, that's what we do today. But to start taking off from the Besamitish, it's not a milibakachim issue, it's, it's a morale issue. 
again, a calculated uh, move, calculated mistake. Hezekiel is still a tzaddik and still is supreme in his bitachon. So yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Again, this there's a Mishnah. It's a Mishnah Pesachim which we read. It's not a perfect science under a very, very pressured situation. So it's not surprising even Chizkiyot Malach is not going to get all of this right. Perfectly. There could be some technicalities. So why is the Mishnah pointed out? He's doing the best he can. The answer is they're pointing it out to show that perhaps he should have asked more people, should have asked Yeshayo, which... This give and take in this parak we have yet to examine not as much as perhaps he should have done. Again, he's under a lot of pressure. He has a cabinet. The Asheo is not part of the daily briefings. I'm not criticizing Chizkiel Melech and Chazal didn't. There's discussion in the about that. And a certain amount of autonomy Melech still has and perhaps desires. He wasn't uh, looking to stay away with Afka, but they didn't meet every morning. Had this been asked, and had it been a wider group of Sanhedrin, they would have said, that's fine, that's fine, this is too much. Again, still goes down in history as a tzaddik as opposed to somebody who makes mistakes and is looking for trouble because he doesn't want answers. That's why he doesn't ask Shailas. That's a different story. That's not Chizkiel's profile. Yes? Urim Vatumim. Yes, we spoke about the Urim Vatumim yesterday as well. Uh, you weren't here. It was out of walking distance. But the Urban Tumim is a good child. The Urban Tumim was consulted Dafka for war situations. This was a pending war. You can't ask, or they didn't ask the Urban Tumim every single day and every single detail. You're posing an interesting question. Did he ask the Urban Tumim whether to stop paying taxes? Because this triggered this advance. Not that he wasn't coming anyway. We don't know. They didn't ask the Urban Tumim everything, and it's almost like, um, I guess, a chutzpah clap, I don't think you're allowed to ask every detail. I don't know where across the line of what's a chutzpah that you're overlying the Yom and what, where do you have to make your own decisions, but it's an interesting question. I don't believe he asked certainly about that. He didn't even ask the tiny heads. They didn't ask the full side hundred. He had chacham around, and he asked a few of them, and he thought that was a sampling. Yes? Well, I just said, he clearly didn't ask Yeshayo at this point. The question is, what did he ask and what didn't he ask? The good news here over here is in the background, the Ashayo will be promising him Yushalayim will not fall, which certainly helps. And the people are going to hear that. The question is, like any Navi, uh, how many people are listening and how many people aren't? And enough people are going to listen that it's going to work. Wouldn't he ask Yushayo before Not necessarily. Uh, I, you know, 2020 hindsight, we would think, okay, you don't pay taxes, it's not going to go unnoticed, and he's going to either send a stern message or lose his cool and come with his army. It was the latter. So then that's your question. Well, this is going to invite war. Maybe ask the Yom first and maybe ask another other. I don't know when he asked him, when he got the message, your slime will not fall. And it's quite possibly got the message beforehand. There are a number of messages to the Navi and, and that's part of what he will be relying on to his credit. You'll say, well, that's easy. I could also do that. Well, half the people didn't. He has a lot of, a lot of angry people over here, which he has to sort of like ignore but you have to do whenever you make any decision which is going to be cutting edge. Yes? Could we say that maybe the Chacham word might attend because it was an issue of cutting off of, so maybe the Pasuk's telling us that Chizkiel put it on. Yeah, he's the one who did it himself. It was a greater submission to Melchash saying this is something that I personally did and 
and I'm taking it off. Yep. It was covered of malchus and covered of clay, so and that's why it was so demoralizing. I agree with you. So it makes it. No, it wasn't a mila bekachim issue. It was more hidden, though. When you just send a wire and just ask the accountant how much is in there, and or, or send the gold in a gold in a concealed suitcase, it's still less demoralizing. Here, I'm sure he had it scraped off in the middle of the night, but people came the next day, and all of a sudden the doors were bare. And yes, I think it's an added point. He himself put it on, so it was a design for him, for Klai Yisrael, and for the base of Mikdash. Even though it was technically mutter, because he's not allowed to spend the base of Mikdash money either. That's pikuach nefashas. That's why he did it. So again, a lot going on in the background. Rav Shake is going to be one of the big villains of the story, unfortunately. And he's a yid, according to many Mepharshim. He camps in Lachish. Lachish is not right outside of Yushalayim. No reason to bring 185,000 men to the doors of Yushalayim. Yet, he's going to send his delegation, and they're going to make it clear that the army's behind me, so you better listen up and cooperate. means a heavy army. It doesn't mean they were standing right there, but they were close enough that everybody knew they were coming if they didn't surrender. And they come to a famous place where they could have clear view of the wall and yell out and ask to see the Melech, and Melech's not going to come. That would be ridiculous. That's a Bizayan. And Melech Asher is sending a delegation. Melech Hizkiel is going to send a delegation to talk to them. I want to save a little room for Pele Yayitz, so I'm just going to warn you in the next few weeks, uh, this fellow, Rav Shake, we're going to go with the Mahalach, he's the Yisrael Mashumud, and there's so many Rayas, and as we all know, as much damage as any spokesman for Asher will do as he's sending his propaganda, or yelling his propaganda over the wall, there's a reason why Melech Asher is going to send Rav Shake, because Rav Shake grew up there, learned in Cheder, and unfortunately is now a very potent and dangerous weapon against Klai Yisrael, and we're going to hear, hear from him directly next week, unfortunately. Let's go to the Peleyayats. We're on page Kufiud Aleph. Let's go. He's discussing many various forms of deeper and the positive things you could do with your mouth. You can be Mechazic people, as we just learned in the Navish here. You can give long drushes trying to Break the morale of people, as Rav Shaki will do next week. Use it in both directions. We're actually going to skip to page Kufiyat Aleph. Yesterday we covered Talmud and Tefillah. Uh, the next paragraph we're about to get to is Kibbut Avayim. You'll hear more about that during the week at Night Seder. So we're going to skip to page Kufiyat Aleph. The middle paragraph. Mitzvah Ladan Lahayres Ladiyah La'am Eschukeh Elokim. Is a mitzvah to let all the people know about Torah mitzvahs. We call that Kirov. It's Kirov Rechikim, Kirov Kravim. As Taras of Lahatzel Ashuk Miyad Aishka, another area we can use your mouth by stopping people and raising your voice. I don't mean literally, but sometimes that's necessary while remaining calm, cool, and collected. All the Bali Muslim talk about getting angry should be used as a tool very, very seldom for some people, or maybe most of us. Never, if you can't control what's going on, Difnim. All the Bali Musa talk about this amazing musug where you're 
totally under control, completely calm, and you're just showing anger. So Rabbi Sal Salanter used to do it after he learned some Rabbi Sal Salanter. And uh, used to remain calm, and then if he had, um, whoever he was talking to, he had to get some Musser or his child, he'd come to a level where he can actually say what he's saying and look angry and not have an angry bone in his body. That's a work that for many of us takes only about 90 years. So uh, there are halacha lamaisa, there are many, I'm not talking about, it's not just Musr, that Paiskin that say that anger is so bad, if you can't get to somewhere very close to that, then you're not mechuyuv to be angry, even though you've got to get Musr, you've got to do chinuch, and you have to sometimes get angry at people to stop other people from getting hurt. You have to do it in a way where you're not getting out of control, which is the danger of that particular Musr uh, that has to be given, and you've got to figure it out. You know, the Chavos time talks about Shemir Zaloshan. What do you do when the uh, famous case, the fellow calls you for shidduch information, and you finally, after 22 years, have the opportunity to get back at that kid who took your basketball in seventh grade? Now, lo and behold, people get married, they have kids, and you're getting called now. I haven't heard from the guy in years. He has a daughter who's getting married. And they call him, they ask, they want to know, not just about the daughter. Tell me about the midas and the parents. Ah, this is even getting better. Midas, as in like stealing basketballs, those type of midas. Here's your golden opportunity. So Chavz Chaim says, before you open your mouth, you've got to make sure that uh, there's absolutely no remnants whatsoever of any ill feelings or any desire for Nakama. has to be Kula Lashma. Since when do we have to do Mitzvah's Kula Lashma? We're working on like 49% would be nice, 51% even better. Uh, we don't put on Tefillin Kula Lashma. Where do you need Kula Shema? The answer is normally you don't need Kula Shema. Whatever you're working on, Lashma, Mitation, Lashma, Balashma. However, when it comes to Lashon Hara, which is an Avera in essence, you don't have any heter unless you do it Kula Shema. So Chavaz Chaim said, well, what do you do? He says, you've got to purify your heart. What do you do if you still remember the basketball? You've got to purify your heart. Now, you have a big problem over here because to tell the person calling, even Baramas, even if you pause for 10 seconds, that, um, I don't know, sure he did a nice Shidduch, what about him? Um, I'm sure he grew up. That's going to do wonders for the shidduch. It's going to be over. They're going to say, thank you very much. You're going to hear a click. So Chavaz Chaim says, you have to think quickly or tell him I'm in the middle of a very important international call. I'll call you back later. And then sit down and learn some Musr. Learn this Be'er Ma'am Chaim and the Sefer Chavaz Chaim. And then call him back and purify your neshama. There you can't just say, well, I'm not Lashma, what can I do? So they don't get married. You've got to help the guy. Same thing over here. You have a chiv of a chayas and makari people, and you've got a lahatzel oshuk miyad Nobody really wants to get involved if you're a New Yorker. Somebody's getting hurt, and you've got to raise your voice and do something and tell the guy off and tell him to leave him alone. Nobody wants to do that in the schoolyard either. I, I picked seventh grade for a reason. If you see somebody getting bullied, and you're already bar mitzvah, you have a chiv, in mitzvahs, you have to protect someone and you have to give them Musa without getting angry, without getting into a fight. If you have to push the guy and you're just lifting him off somebody else, then you probably can display your physical abilities. But you got to do something. Ah, you got to do Lashma. Okay. So Chavaz Chaim says you got to purify Neshama, do Lashma as much as you can as a seventh grader. That applies more, it applies in the office place also. Uh, you got to stand up for what's right if somebody's getting bullied in the office, even though that might not be so good for your upward mobility in the corporate environment. But 
Sometimes you gotta stand up for what's right. If you're the only fellow who could do it, that's not sometimes, that's, uh, you're it. If you have somebody who's doing an Avera, even if it's not picking on somebody else, you gotta set the record right, certainly if it's a public Hiloshem. Kasha Yuchal, Berachas or Bakashas. Gotta do it softly, and if that doesn't work, you gotta try the tough way. But again, that's without losing control. And if you're going to get seriously hurt, then your putter also. There are a lot of rules and regulations and when you have to do this, but there is a chi of arvis. Mitzvah lizvakeach in tamachacham l'etzi dinam islamitah. There's even a mitzvah to fight for a point and ask shaylas and shir and debate the tesis and the rabbi kiveger, even with your rabbi, or especially with your rabbi, to get to the emes. If you don't understand it, ask. And if you want to fine-tune the point, you've got you to struggle for it. V'chein lizvakeach im chaveram chataloi. And if somebody babbled you, you got to be careful not to be harsher than you should be, but you got to bring out what's bothering you if you think it's going to be a ta'elis. In order not to carry around your heart, we hope at the end of the conversation it will come to greater peace. You got to know who you're talking to, who you're dealing with. If it's going to be law of diminishing returns and you're going to get into a bigger fight or you're going to push them further away, or you're not the best person to do this, honestly, most people like that out, then do not do it. If he's too strong, the town must are in Europe and he's going to get you in trouble, it's going to get dangerous. Then your putter from giving this mutzer and your putter from getting involved and righting the wrong and protecting the innocent. Got to really be careful where to apply this. If it's a personal affront, just try to be meichel him. If it's still going on, somebody else is getting hurt, try to get somebody who's braver or bigger or more powerful involved. Let's try to do it to protect his dignity. Try to do it privately. And if it's, again, certainly a public Hashem, you have to rebuke the person more publicly, even set the record straight, just so people don't get mushpa. Again, if it's not dangerous, what we're discussing also Shabbos afternoon, Dafkin on the video, is when you do this in a way where he's going to be pushed further out to protect other people, even if you're going to lose him, but you're protecting the others. When can you do that? When do you, when do you have to do that? When should you do it? When it starts with the haka and the serious damage, then you're part of the Then you're off the hook. And even though we look back and we say, I didn't make a reshem, you don't know that. Sometimes they don't admit in front of you. You did what you can. At that point, you're potter. Mr. Shem will continue next week.